Hello, everyone. This is the Young and Old Show with Alejandro, the radio socialist. How are you, sir? We've been going at it now for we're on the seventh show. It's a week worth. Wow, you brought you let you brought like new life into the show, man. You brought new life into Blink Radio. I was looking for a uh, democratic socialist, uh, <coughs> communist uh, to do uh, banter with. And I send you links that you don't reply to, so I don't know if you're learning from them or you're planning to just hold them as secret weapons against me. I, I, I plan to use material that's new for the show. Oh, so, so in other words, I haven't so given you as anything you, new. As, as you have told me, don't discuss this, discuss it on the show so we have more material. Oh, that's why you're not replying. Yeah. That's really cool. So uh, what's on your mind? Uh, I'll tell you what's on my mind. Uh, the report that came out on on Fox Business and Fox News. I'm <clears throat> so, uh, sorry, uh, I'm a Fox News watcher. Uh, that it, you can get eighty thousand bucks in three or four states, not working a day in your life, just getting welfare. No wonder nobody's going to work. No wonder the unemployment could be lower, but nobody wants to go to work. What got me was um, um, several things. Was Elon Musk doing a poll asking if he should step down? He did it twice. He lost both results, and I've been really interested in the unionization progress in various parts of the country, especially service jobs, because that's the biggest sort of... Your, uh, tiny two industry. points, not one unrelated to the other. Yeah. Okay. But more or less, you know, the Twitter thing's been pretty fun to watch as someone who's not on Twitter, because it's kind of been going crazy. And, and I'm amazed, I'm amazed, me personally on Twitter, how much I was shadow banned... And how much I wasn't listened to for failure to admit that that perhaps it was my content that just sucked and nobody wanted to listen to it. but Or read it, I should say, not listen to it. Uh, I don't want to admit that. I know that there are a lot of people my age who are opposed and for what I stand for. I can't believe I have no followers, really. I mean, I think I have like, and I've been posting... I mean, you've got some pretty five big years. guests on the show. Have you asked them to, like, if I was I to bring I in a fail. senator, I would say, like, hey, retweet the show, let people know I'm on, because you've got some really big guests. So it was kind of surprising to me that you're only really known well, among Miami about Twitter. locals. I'm talking about Twitter. Twitter is a different game. Every single place has, like, kind of a different game. And Twitter, I don't know, for me, the Twitter game is, like, if you asked me as someone who grew up on the internet... Twitter sounds like the worst possible thing. Yeah, because you're limited how you can express yourself. No, not just limited, but like... Limited in words, of course. But like, the history of the internet has always kind of been a lot of like, belly aching by a lot of people. Like, it's a lot... Absolutely. It's a, lot, a, lot, of, it's a, a lot, lot of rebellious, radical stuff, unsubstantiated. A lot of people felt subconsciously that if they saw it on the internet, it was true, and that's not true. And uh, there's a lot of really... But, but especially, like, these sorts of attitudes. Like, for instance, in our case, the QAnon situation, very embarrassing to listen to people that oh, just man. are out there in left field. And guess what? Just like the white supremacy stuff that's tagged onto the Republicans, when we're a minority party that can't alienate any subgroup of voters, we can't alienate anybody... And therefore, if we got these freakazoids within our, uh, I don't know, within our tent, uh, I remember Trump in a speech going like this. 
All he did to keep them in the game without having to say he supports or, or says nothing, but he for, for, for he the audience, out he's doing it, he's for the audience who can't see this. He's doing a little Q, Q. motion um, in a speech just to encourage those people to keep well, on screaming. Well, he would also put the people who are holding like the cues in the front. Yes, but well, you know, it's I don't really, think he put them there. I think they arrived early. What, what I really like about some conspiracy theories. See how you immediately go to intent and like if he has time to have subordinates do that stuff. Those people are just. Uh, in the front, man, they get there early. They really believe. I mean, uh, Trump, they Trump, believe they were listened to. Trump, Trump was good at putting who he wanted on. He always had like a Latinos or blacks yeah, uh, for Trump in the front. Yeah, it's very typical of politicians. Yeah. Uh, they put a an, a token African American or Hispanic behind any yeah. politician so, and a baby as well. But, like just going on to Twitter, um, like Twitter to me sounded like the worst idea. Like when I first heard about it, it's like celebrities are posting there, and to my my first thought was like, why? Like. If you've ever been on the internet for long enough, you know that everybody who's big or out there is kind of the subject of disdain on the internet, right? Like, if you have the ability to put yourself out there, many people on the internet don't like you. So very early on, in the early days of the internet, people would squabble over silly of things like the X-Files or Pokemon, like stuff that was really big in the early internet days of culture. So oh, I, and also the early days of internet. Yeah. So to me, when I was hearing about like, oh, this is a place where like celebrities are going to promote themselves, I'm like, well, that's just going to open them to abuse. Like as a platform that big that hosts that many yeah, big you know, people, you know what, it, it sounds before like before you go too far over there, celebrities don't really shy away from abuse so long as they're out there. Madonna was famous for negative press. And she says, hey, they're not talking about you. Your career is over. So these people, for the most part, which includes Elon Musk, because he's already a celebrity, yeah. is to be out there, out there, regardless of the fodder, regardless. You went. You talked about the poll. He, he issued a poll that's probably super skewed so that when he does walk away from Twitter to concentrate on the other things he's got going, he, people can now, now realize... That when this all gets done, there's a lot of of federal espionage being exposed on us, the American people, through social media. What people I mean, that, don't that, if I can out, sound like a conspiracy theorist, it doesn't, that was it's always just a going fact. to be the case for social media. No, those those internet uh, those emails are now coming out, and he has spent forty four billion dollars. For one other reason, that which I'll say in a moment, but in the process of cleaning up the servers, he's taken out Obama, Biden, DOJ attorneys, White House attorneys, who for shadow banning, like no, who were actually working in the FBI, and they're being accused of against the Constitution, against federal law, manipulating the 2020 elections, and we don't have the evidence yet because he hasn't disclosed it yet as far By back as... By manipulating the elections, you're talking about banning the Hunter Biden story, correct? And everything thereof. Okay, so including we're not the tampering origins, with results. Got it. I want including to the, the Including the, the credibility behind the Russian collusion, the Wuhan lab leaks and, and the, uh, of covid the involvement of the, American, of the American scientific community in sponsoring gain-of-function research, all that is being exposed. 
And the the spying of opposition candidates is synonymous with communist countries. Oh, but that's something, and America that's shouldn't be supporting anything that has anything to do with that because we will lose our freedom. But that's something we had known if, about since the WikiLeaks in 2016, that, um, particularly with the Hillary campaign and the Obama campaign, that they were looking just to any political leader that they didn't particularly fancy. You're correct. Um, uh, Hillary's, I, Hillary's particular remark about Merkel comes to mind. Check if she's on meds or something. <laughs> well, I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want to concentrate on that because it deviates, bifurcates the, the talk. I, I could care less right now uh, what goes on in Germany. They made a plenty of mistakes in Europe, allowing the massive illegal immigration into their countries that we are now experiencing, which has terrible terroristic implications. Well, those are completely different. Um, I just, I just made that. I just being higher. facetious. I, I, I want to go, like, go back I'm being to factual. I'm. Uh, <laughs> You know, going out and naming Merkel at this moment just really doesn't go anywhere. What I do want to concentrate is on the Edgar Hoover FBI days coming back to light. Why? Because they weren't prosecuted back then, so they did it again. The FBI spied on an opposition candidate, super upset that Trump won in 2016 by the Harrison margin, and they just doubled up. They doubled up. To the expense of the United States, because remember, Trump Trump was under assault the entire four years to this very day. Now they're raiding his house. They're trying to find stuff that they can obviously plant. Comey endorsed Trump. Hmm? Comey endorsed Trump. I literally remember Don't talk to me about endorsements. All that is... He was on the Republican convention and said, I would have liked to find something to prosecute Hillary with. That's not a good example. Oh. That's not a that's good not, example. That's a great example. Because no, it, it keeps it, it, uh, endorsing someone so you can keep the job. Guess, it guess. proves that Trump no. messed up his relationship with the media and the feds. He messed both up. He was more popular than CNN ever. CNN was covering Half the him federal in government, room. More than 80% of the federal government, including the guys at the FBI, it's whistleblower galore that he's more popular than ever. Just because you see it on the press and a few people want to take him down doesn't mean he's a super unpopular person. He isn't. Now. Dude, DeSantis is beating him in every poll. And guess it's what? It's not looking good for Trump. Unfortunately. If, this looked good when he was president. When he was president, he could, he could afford to do these sorts of things because it looked like flexing in power. Unfortunately, I'll say it here on Blink Radio. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter what DeSantis does because it'll be a tar and feathering primary that will hurt him dramatically to the point where it will encourage. I'm saying it here on Blink Radio, 94.5 WSQFRadio.com live stream worldwide that if DeSantis runs against Trump, it will only encourage, if it's not already decided, for uh, Miss. Cheney to run as an independent to bifurcate the the Republican vote so a Democrat wins re-election. And then that re-election probably will not be Joe Biden. I have no idea what she's trying to accomplish, Liz Cheney. She is. She's trying to, she's been the Ross Perot of her time. Just think of Ross Perot and you got Liz Cheney. She's got nothing to lose and she got everything to protect. Old man Cheney's Interest terrible, the, terrible legacy. Man had like an approval rating of like twelve percent or something. Ridiculous. The most powerful vice president yeah. in, our, in modern history. He made more decisions than Bush made, I believe, without going into details because that would be for another show. 
No, that, that'd be a great show, is just going be. through the, the I had a friend of mine who passed away uh, of COVID. He was a very good friend of mine, and very sad to see him go. But he couldn't stand Dick Cheney, and it made him more liberal than ever. He was, you know, he was on the fence for years. But, you know, we started having a fallout politically because he did vote for Obama the first time and because he hated Dick Cheney so bad. And a lot of the stuff was how you started the conversation. A lot of the stuff about Dick Cheney was related to the war in Iraq, which, for better or for worse, really uh, forced the United States to stand up for itself after, after 9-11. We had to do something. I just believe it should have been Iran, not Iraq, but nevertheless. I, I, I can come back with like a full day's worth of research because I've skimmed every bit of Iraq. And it feels like one of, it feels like the Titanic, you know, like, like in every single hindsight in 2020. Going right it, into the iceberg, no matter what. It, yeah, yeah. Like it, everything is as bad as it possibly could have been. Well, it created Donald Trump because he was yeah. one of the few to call people it out. call it out saying we shouldn't have gone into Iraq well, early. Even like the sea, I like, think before the invasion, he was already saying like, we shouldn't go there. People and I agree. I agree to disagree. People who couldn't bring information on the weapons of mass destruction. Um, a lot of people said, like, you know, the CIA lied. Yeah, about, where is it? Where is it? Come on, we sold yeah. it to them. Uh, yeah. A lot of people you say. You agree this, that the United States sold yeah. weapons of mass destruction? Uh, no. Why would I deny during that? The, the, during the Reagan Bush? Yeah, absolutely. How come that's not even Be- talked about in the left wing circles? Instead, they went, where's the WMD? Where's the-? Why? Because Bush. Forced. Uh, what's our uh, What's our famous? Um, please help me, my Fe- John Federer moment. The Secretary of State under George Bush, not Secretary of State, the Department of Defense, Joint Chiefs of Staff, Colin Powell. I finally got it. <laughs> Colin Powell never forgave Bush for forcing him to lie yeah. during during that testimony. But like the CIA was pushed by the administration to find the evidence. Um, was one thing in particular. Another one was Rumsfeld demanding, like something like a a, a guy a, a, who participated in the sale of WMD yeah. during the Bush administration. Rumsfeld, senior, yeah. Rumsfeld also was asking for Just get, a lower touch the microphone. Tro- it sounds very loud in the in the car. Allow a lower amount of troops than what the CIA had projected what was needed. So the, yeah, he, the but the real authority on troop. Uh, uh, amounts is Joint Chiefs, not really the CIA. But Rumsfeld was like pushing for these sorts of things, like every step. Well, so of was the- McCain. So were a lot of people. Oh yeah, no. Remember, it was the, it was McCain's insistence on that Bush increase the levels of troop that turned the, the war for, around. For yeah, but like in it, the get-go, it got that, so that, that, it got so ready- turned around that Obama couldn't uh, couldn't withdraw from uh, Afghanistan. Already in the get-go, that was projected to happen. I agree. And you know who thought the occupation was a bad idea in the 90s? Was Cheney himself. Yes, he was. So it, it's really interesting how every single... St- and then when his term was up as uh, um, at Congress, as if he knew he was going to be vice president one day. <laughs> bizarre. Uh, not bizarre, just intuitive thinking. And he got the job with Halliburton. Yeah. and then like, those- it was a, like it was a way of... Paying him back for whatever he did for them while he was congressman, and, and then he was from he was a very president, there uh-huh. was no bid contracts for sorry, Hallibur- sorry, Freudian slip vice president. Yeah, when he was vice president, Halliburton got a bunch of military contracts. It wasn't that there were no bid; is that the bids were so complicated in their favor that only they could bid. But the left will say no bid contracts. 
No, what you do in 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 the in the military industrial complex, you cater the bid so that one person will win, the person of your of your desire and choosing. So it's not a real fair bidding process. So I know it sounds r- really disgusting and corrupt because it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. But it's not a no big contract. It's just a contract that only one person can bid on because only one person qualifies, one bidder, one vendor, and all their subsidiaries. And when you, when it goes to military, we laymen who don't really understand the intricacies of the technology and the engineering behind state-of-the-art weaponry, you really can't bid like you would bid out to others because, I mean, like you would bid in the private sector because... In the industrial military world, there's just some vendors who are onto something that other vendors can't even, you can't even share the stuff with. Why? Because it's proprietary, it's patent, it's implications, you know, different types of laser guided missiles. Some are just more effective than others. Some work at night, some don't. Some work under terrible weather, some don't. Uh, that's just, I'm just throwing it out there. So us laymen want things to be fair and equal and all that stuff. But the truth is, when it comes to inventing stuff, that has to do with military. We're the only nation in the world where our private sector is really, really full of billions of dollars of research and development, some coming from DARPA. Look up DARPA. I mean, I, I think I saw a headline the other day. I'm that you really real can't fast. share with other people. You no, can't no, share no. with other vendors in a bid process. Oh, no, but that part, but like something like 90% of like, not 90, 60, like a really big amount. Wait a minute, you just jumped all over the place. The audience is now slamming on the brakes in traffic. And you went from 90 to 60. But like a very high amount. That's worse than Fetterman moment, you know that. I'm correcting myself, though. Okay. A very high amount of the Pentagon's budget is just simply not reported. Like the... Yeah, they have, they've done audits and they, they, no, no, no one knows. Same with the Department of, of the State. It's disgusting how they audit these federal government uh, 60% departments. 60% of Pentagon money is missing. <laughs> so my brain said big number, and big number in my brain was 90. And then Well, I you prob- just flipped the 6 to a 9, I understand. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a John Federer moment. Uh, so That happens like, to me all the time. It's just, you know, for everyone that's concerned about wasteful spending, I think that's the biggest wasteful spending that we're encountering. I understand. Especially it's like... But... The B-U-T. The left has a problem with wasteful spending, which nobody can argue is wasteful spending. We, the right, who sustain capitalism with tax cuts to keep you guys from just having the train leave the station forever, we make it come back to the station eventually for repairs with through tax cuts to humble the, uh, the marketplace in some capacity. We sure, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Yeah. Go on. You don't talk about the wasteful spending in welfare. I started the show. I don't think there's anything more wasteful than tax cuts for the wealthy, but go on. I understand. Because you don't like the fact that 20% of the American public pays 100% of the taxes. Therefore, if you tax cut somebody, you're not going to tax cut people who don't pay taxes. You've got to tax... Give the tax cut to people who do pay the taxes. You call that wealthy. You know what the IRS calls wealthy in this country? $250,000 in joint income. That's not wealthy. That just means that maybe they... $250,000 is not wealthy? In joint income? Absolutely not. When you subtract the taxes from that, you're talking about people who just... That's like the top 1% earnings. You got it. But it's not the wealthy. Wealth is people who just blink, wake up, and they're up 10 million bucks. 
That's wealthy. Not people who have to fight hard to bring home the $250,000, which means that they're not at football games, they're not coaching their kids, they're not, they're not doing Boy Scouts, they're not, they're not involved in the PTA, they're not raising their children adequately, other people are, mainly the phone. And that's what's going on in America, that we can't continue to tax. It's going to be a theme of the Young and Old Show, can't continue taxing wages. Now, there are people who are going to say, naturally, erroneously, but naturally, oh my God, everybody's going to, uh, uh, all business owners are going to stop paying themselves a wage and they're just going to take profits at the end of the year. I go, no, because they got to live too. They're going to have to take a wage sooner or later just to pay the electricity and keep their wife and family operating. And excuse me if that sounds misogynistic. Let's pretend that women together to admit that billionaires should be paying their fair share. They do. I just told you. What I just saw here. I just told you. Is that um, wealthiest Americans might be avoiding paying $163 billion in income taxes every year, according to a report from the U.S. Department of Treasury. So. If you well, keep that up, you, you're going to so, have so income no, tax well, for the rest of your life. So, okay, so what we're seeing is that I'm uh, trying to get really the rich aren't tax. paying taxes. Um, and then the conversation always shifts to it's better that we pay these people with our tax money. No, you pay no taxes. I'm talking about the people. We're being told that they pay taxes, but the evidence seems to point that the ultra-wealthy manage to find loopholes to constantly not pay their taxes, which is why a certain last president would never release his tax returns. I believe that Trump doesn't release his returns for the reasons he said. He's always under audit. If I were running for president and the IRS was down my throat my entire life, which I'm sure they were, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that Trump was audited day and night to, and by, and by the federal government and the state of New York. That why release the taxes? Why give people fodder? He probably paid as little as possible. He used the laws. He said it in the debate. He declared bankruptcies on many corporations. There's one time when I must say I was really ashamed of him was the Trump University. That was gross. And he was found guilty. He paid at millions of dollars in fines because uh, I heard some snippets on the YouTube about Trump University and I'm saying, oh my God, people are going to sign up and he's not going to deliver on those promises. I'm going to teach you how to invest in real estate. And he was so guilty, which is the reason why he paid so fast. So if that's the stuff that really pissed off anti-Trumpers so bad, then I guess you didn't like energy independence. You didn't like a roaring economy. You didn't like you didn't like that he finally got us out of the terrible recovery that that Obamacare uh, set our country back with Obamacare. Most during, people like their Affordable Care Act. Of course, it's free stuff. Yeah, free stuff is good. So I pay double. I mean, you're paying taxes. It's not I exactly pay double. free. You're, you're, you're paying for taxes. No, no, it, no. It's you're a getting marginal. You're getting a marginal tax that you're going to regret when you're sick. Sorry, no, marginal tax. I didn't mean to say that. I meant marginal. Uh, a policy on the exchange that he created a bandoozle, billion-dollar bandoozle to, to to build that website. He couldn't handle half on its first day. Collapsed. I don't know, five, six days straight. Friend of Michelle Obama's who got the deal. Uh, probably a no bid contract. Going back to her, no bid contract. But Obamacare was a death knell, and we're seeing it today. If you got, if you're on the exchange, and you got this, I don't know, forty, fifty dollars a month. Uh, 
uh, a policy that's just as good as mine paying $1,700 a month, because mine tripled to pay for that, to subsidize that. There's no real motivation to have a job if it's not healthcare. What else is there? Because your friend will pay the electricity. You can shack up in someone else's house. The only thing they can't pay is all of a sudden you got cancer, AIDS, COVID, uh, respiratory illness. A friend of mine just fell. Cancer. Let's just go through everything. Uh, cancer. Uh, it, it, and at the same time, there is, there is a legitimate argument to be said. Hey, you shouldn't go bankrupt because you got sick. Not in the United States. Okay. All right. Fine. That argument is really hard to overcome because I personally know that it's not government's role to offer health care. The countries that do have national health care are paying out the yin in the 65% tax range. I believe it was a Cato Institute study of all things yeah. that actually proved that businesses you, would save money if universal health care was a thing. Right. But... So in a budget it's, snafu, it's even in the interest of business class people. If the government doesn't fund the government, everybody out to the hallways because the, the 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 state-run healthcare system would not have any money. And believe me, they're all be in the hallways and out in the street too because the hospitals couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle COVID. Imagine defunding the healthcare system because the Congress doesn't get along for a couple of days. It's bad. If you get something for free, it could be taken away. And it can be taken away by a budget snafu, which has happened happened in London uh, five or six years ago. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna allow you to talk uninterrupted, and I'm gonna look at my first YouTube video on when this happened in London, where the national healthcare happens in Europe all the time. When the government doesn't get along, they use the people's health to solve budgetary problems. Since the government has to fund healthcare every year, when there's no budget for the year. Everybody in the hallways. Nobody gets operated on. Go ahead. So uh, looking at this, going back to seeing how the wealthy do not pay their taxes. Um, so, for example, um, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos paid no taxes compared to their wealth. Um, that was around... Because their income levels are not taxed according to their offset of capital gains. So everyday Americans will usually see themselves taxed through their paychecks, but they do not, your investments will not be taxed compared to that. Correct. What is it? What are you doing? You're You're making my case for me. That's the product of taxing wages. You can't tax wages. It's illegitimate tax from the get-go. Get rid of the income tax. Okay. And raise the corporate taxes so that rich people, whether they like it or not, have to cash in some of their capital gains. And the pressure of you and me not paying taxes on our wages allows us to, uh, allows us to buy more in a consumer-based economy. It's obviously we're a consumer-based economy since we went to China for low, low wages. Yeah, but this is, goes back to the problem of tax cuts and giving rich people more they money. They pay the is taxes. Is that they invest, not only do they not pay their taxes, but they, and it's been shown and said forever, this goes back to Adam Smith, is that they invest outside of the country. Well, right now, there's $11 trillion in foreign bank accounts because of the tax schemes of the United States. They got it all deposited in Chinese banks, in offshore banks in the island of Man, over there by Ireland. 
God knows. Uh, I don't want to say Bermuda because everybody would immediately run to Bermuda and the Caymans and all that. Isn't Switzerland another one? I don't know if it's a tax haven. I think it's a secrecy haven, meaning they don't have to share. That sounds more evil rather than No, corrupt. it's just, it's when you just put it like they that. stay out of war. Uh, you don't have to share with the Department of Justice or Treasury if you have an uh, account in Switzerland. I don't know if I'm absolutely correct on that because I never studied it, but uh, Switzerland does have its famous tax haven. Um, I think the, I think Obama somehow cracked through that law somehow, and I remember him getting intel on a lot of corporate uh, holding companies in Switzerland. Remember the famous uh, Panama Papers and the most yeah. recent one? There was another one called uh, Other Papers. <laughs> Some, I remember the Afghanistan and the Panama Papers are the big last two major leaks. Yeah, that was Panama. That was literally in Panama and stuff that was being used as a tax haven as well. But there's more recent papers that came out where it shows probably twice the size as the Panama Papers. Um, I don't know the details of it, but now that you brought it up, but continue while I go to YouTube here about um, about the healthcare crisis in London when the money ran out. So there is another thing here that um, that the IRS is actually weaker than it's ever been in a while, um, particularly in the last 10 years. Um, IRS funding has dropped 19%. So, COVID. Well, yeah, oh. but this is from 2010. Oh, you got me there. I don't yeah. know, um, I don't know so what to call that. We've seen that it's... I remember there was a big meme going around on right-wing TikTok that it's like, why does t- um, the IRS want to hire all these people? Because um, they've lost over 33,000 full-time employees. So what's happening is, like, perhaps we can discuss the minute details of what a tax plan needs to be happening now in the United States. But what I think is evident is the tax distribution is not in a way that's properly funding the government anymore. You know, we're the services that in every other country, the governments are seemingly able to fund. For some reason, the wealthiest country on the planet cannot find a way to fund these services. Even some people argue that universal health care should be a state-to-state thing rather than a federal thing. Perhaps for the reasons you talked about. I've heard that the English have many complaints about their universal health care system. The Canadians have their own problems. Um, even the Australians, but you know what they say? They're shocked and aghast at how the American one operates. Which is just really interesting because there's always been the conversation of the need for a centralized, more or less, healthcare system in the United States since I believe going back to the 1950s. Wasn't like JFK talking about this too? Don't worry. Become an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. For investing, carefully read and consider. No ads. No, no ads. I'm still trying to figure out where, how, and technologically how I can offer you guys the latest news without having to hear the commercials that I see on YouTube. It's, it sucks. So keep on talking. And as soon as I, right now, I gotta, I'll sit here and look at Bernie. Bernie 2020 and how he got ripped off twice <laughs> from being the winner of the primaries in 16 and 2020. Excuse me for interrupting, but uh, I'm waiting for this ad to end. And I'm trying to figure out, when you national health care 
When you nationalize any industry, you're bringing politics into a service. Politics is in every service, by definition. Eh. Anyone who runs like a local business shop can tell you what's going on with their manager, what's going on with their employees. Politics is really the don't you social find that aspect. to be don't you find Even that it, to be amateur rhetoric? I mean, there's no, politics no, no, in no. how you decided to get dressed today. That's there's a politics. I no, want to wear this. No, but the point is, is that this is unavoidable. That this is like all right. This wait is a not a hurdle. This is the nature of things. Let's see if I got it this time. What reforms may be coming? In 2018, the United States spent around 10,500 U.S. dollars on health care for each of its residents. The United Kingdom spent around 4,000 U.S. dollars. That means the United Kingdom spends 9.8% of its GDP on health care, while the U.S. spends 16.9%. Despite spending less, the United Kingdom manages to have healthier citizens who live longer and are less likely to die in childbirth. In 2017, life expectancy in the U.K. was 2.7 years higher than in the U.S., and the U.K. has roughly 1.5 times fewer deaths that could have been avoided by access to better health care. The infant mortality rate is lower in the United Kingdom, with 3.9 deaths per 1,000 live births, as opposed to 5.8 in the United States. And the maternal mortality rate in the U.S. is nearly 1.5 times higher than in the United Kingdom. So how is the U.K. system structured so that it gets these results while spending significantly less than the United States system? It doesn't make any money. The National Health Service is a case where the British decided right after World War II that health care should be government's job, like paving the streets, putting out fires, running the library, running the parks. That's T.R. Reid, author That's of the a book, Democratic the Party's Dream right there. He traveled the world exploring different countries' health care systems. It's a service you get when you need it, and you never get a bill. It's like going to the library. They don't charge you to check out a book. key thing about the NHS is it's a risk-sharing system. So everyone pays into it through their tax. <coughs> if you need to use it, you that everyone pay pays for it through so, their tax. Uh, in a sense, it's not free because it's paid out of taxation. Dr. John Puntis is a pediatrician who recently retired from the NHS. He is also co-chair of an organization called Keep Our NHS Public. All of his comments are reflective of the organization and not his personal views. It's a, a fair system in that uh, the more money you earn, the more tax you pay. Uh, and the more you um, contribute. But there has been discussion about whether tax should be increased to pay for... Oh, here comes the tax increase. ...out in terms of the current deficiencies and problems. And that, that is controversial. But you will not be paying I premiums, I believe. some tax increase. But I think you're right. People who say, well... Maybe the focus should be on... Remember I said 60-something percent? Let's see what that number comes out to be. ...paying tax as the first step. I would call that socialized medicine. Government provides the care. Government pays for the care. It's paid for through taxes. Everybody's covered the same. To me, that sounds like socialized medicine. The term socialized medicine has become a political football, especially in the United States. If the NHS, if that's socialized medicine... It's great. And we we hear this term mainly coming from the US where it's used as a uh, as um, for scaremongering. I would say uh, if the NHS is socialized medicine, uh, we like it. And most people are still very, very supportive of the concept 
of a, of, a, of a national health service. Each of the UK's four constituent countries have their own branch of the NHS, so rules differ slightly between them. But all of the branches operate under the purview of the UK Parliament. There are some services that require patients to pay something out of pocket, such as dental, eye care, and certain prescription drugs. But those fees are low compared to the US and vary by NHS branch. By one estimate from a data analytics firm, prescription drugs cost 57% less in the UK than they do in the U.S. Unlike with other universal healthcare systems that are only publicly funded, the government also runs the NHS. That means doctors that work in public NHS facilities are employees of the government. Most Britons receive their primary care through general practitioners, who are frequently referred to as GPs. They typically act as gatekeepers for secondary care. The problems that people are experiencing at the moment is it's taking longer to see your general practitioner uh, if Here come the wait times. That. Most GPs are private contractors with the NHS. They don't charge patients for care. Instead, they earn money directly from the National Health Service. Many GPs negotiate contracts with the NHS to determine how much they can charge the government for their services. GPs may fund their own general government price fixing, or they can rent them from the NHS or private companies. One paper from the Journal of the Royal Society of Medicine found that GPs face many issues because of how general practices are funded in the UK. Some GPs, I think increasingly, don't want to take on the running a business aspect of general practice. And so there are lots of GPs who are salaried partners, so they are paid by the practice to come in and work as a GP, but they don't do any of the business side of the stuff. There's also a private sector in the UK's healthcare system. It's funded from a combination of out-of-pocket payments, private health insurance, and the NHS itself. The, the private sector is growing because it's being consciously promoted. Uh... Folks, there I did a technological snafu because... I was searching another video for you Super to hear. Super Tuesday came and went. And I failed to I failed to realize it's still YouTube, you know, if you search something it's going to disappear. So anyway, the part that I I wanted you guys to hear, you pretty much heard. It explains that for the for the for the common man, nothing more fulfilling than getting something taken care of. That same applies to my children, to my friends I've loaned money to. Everybody's super happy with, you know, the help, the financial help. Me too, when my parents would help me. And then the reality starts setting in as the decades go by and the increase in taxes. And oh my God, if we don't give the government more taxes, oh my God, they're going to cut our health care. And all of a sudden... Uh, oh, my God, my friends are getting sick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And now it becomes a problem when government is giving you something that it, te- it, it, it tends to have you believe that they paid for when you paid for it. This is the problem with government. It's a monopoly. Government and all functions a monopoly. Ask the veterans at the Veteran Administration. They have socialized health care, and it's disastrous. So... I'm going to let. I found here a bit from a study on how um, healthcare for all would improve the labor market. And right here is a very interesting point 
uh, Medicare for All would increase the wages for in salaries of U.S. workers by reducing employers' cost for health insurance, um, freeing fiscal space to invest in wages instead. The total share of annual compensation paid to American employees in the form of health insurance premium rather than wages from salary rose from 1.1% in 1960 to 4.2% in 1979 to 8.4% in 2018. If this post-1960 increase had only been half as large, employers had spent the health care costs on saving wages and salaries. The take-home wages of the American workers would have been almost $400 billion higher in 2016. Um, And the citation there is the BPA in 2020. Okay, so you're basically saying that the numbers are in the favor of national health care. And healthcare. that is the Bureau of Economic. These are the numbers that are not only in the interest of employers, they're also in the interest of employees. That this is a net gain economically for society. And my point is, when it comes to your health... You don't want to be cut off of any of your care. You don't want to be denied coverage of any of your care. And if they don't want to pay for something, like really extraordinary surgery of some sort, because it's bizarre and rare. I think most rare, countries that have like wait time, like if it's not essential, like yeah, cosmetic you. surgery, if it's like not no, essential. No, cosmetic like, is cos- different. Cosmetic, I, I believe that they rat, like there's a, a proper waiting or rationing for that like if it's not essential you can wait on that okay. or you can pay out of hand that's what i believe that i've heard for stuff like that i'll give you a perfect example of me personally they consider i'm, I'm diabetic i've got a eating disorder that probably provoked the diabetes and to before my kidneys give out with all the medications that i take one of them is metformin by the way plenty on the internet about people who feel that their metformin caused their kidney failure, and now they're on dialysis. And I don't really see the real benefits of most of my medication unless I starve myself. In other words, I don't eat anything. I eat, you know, like a parakeet. Okay? So I chose, and I investigated, hey, what about cutting out my stomach? And just eliminating eating altogether. Just live off like protein shakes, whatever they whatever they gave me. You mean trying keto? Sounds I like tried it. keto. I lost 100 pounds, but I got gallstones because of the protein content in my diet at the time. I've tried. A, I've I've lost a considerable amount of weight, and I I must say that when you lose 100 pounds, as the three times that I did, end of my 20s, end of my 30s, end of my 40s, I think twice in the 50s because I'm 58 now. I believe I twice I went on diets where I lost 80 to 100. And the last time, I lost uh, my gallbladder. And guess what? Cutting out my stomach is cosmetic surgery. Because my insurance company says so. Just because. Because that's the job of the... That's see, the see, point see, see, I'm see. making. If it's the government telling me that, I can't even go to but, another but, policy. Because no, here's the thing. Do you hear what remember, I'm saying? Remember, yeah, I do. But remember when Sarah Palin said there were going to be death panels? Those death panels were true. Those, yeah, and they're called private insurance companies because that's their interest is not to give people coverage. In Obamacare, they, they could decide not to fund a 58-year-old person's cancer 
and do fund a 18-year-old stomach cancer. That's the point. The 58-year-old guy gets screwed because he's too old. He's got, you know, he's got no life left. You know, the 18-year-old is more important. And the money can be shifted to a contingent of uh, a demographic of the country that obviously, by age alone, has more earning potential for humanity, society, and the government. That's the problem. This is completely hypothetical. Okay, here we go. This is completely hypothetical. But what we do have is a private insurance industry that has interest okay, in cutting go. people's... I, I'm going back to our video. ...directly from the National Health Service. Many GPs negotiate contracts with the NHS to determine how much they can charge the government for their services. GPs may fund their own general practice facilities, or they can rent them from the NHS or private companies. One page... Well, I think that private healthcare has been growing at, at a very uh, rapid, steady pace in the United Kingdom for the course of of several decades. That's going to people uh, immediately continue. start rushing That's to Niall private Parker. insurance. He's the director because of the they Thatcher can't stand Center for National Healthcare the Heritage Foundation. With regard to the National Health Service, I mean, there's no there's no sign at this stage that the UK will be moving to uh, a different system to the National Health Service. All British uh, parties are committed to the National Health Service. I think that. Uh, more and more Britons will be opting for private healthcare in the coming years and, and decades, not least because there are long waiting lists with regard to the National Health Service. An analysis from the London School of Economics found that in the My point. 2019 fiscal year, for the common man, yeah, take cruddy insurance, but for the average man, the no side. way. There's been a blurring of the boundaries, if you like. For example, cataract surgery is the most common operation done under the NHS. Increasingly, it's being provided in the independent sector and the NHS is... Ah, when it comes to your vision, you head to private insurance to do that work. And private there doctors. implications in terms of staffing. Private sector doesn't train its own staff. It takes it from the NHS. It cherry picks, takes the uh, low-risk patients, not the high-risk patients. It has an impact on training NHS staff. And this is... One of the problems with cataract surgery, if they're all going to the private sector hospitals, then the NHS staff don't become experienced in doing cataract surgery. And then along the line, you find it's more difficult to staff your NHS. See unit. what I mean? So it's not without negative consequences. We are paying private companies increasingly to do work for the NHS, including American companies. And they're very well established now particularly in uh, back office functions and providing advice on uh, commissioning. The question is, how many years went by before Uh, society realized uh, national health care wasn't appealing? And it's something which campaigners um, are extremely... uh, Stigma. Is that really a health problem? That's the problem. So, another ad came up in the middle of this freaking thing. So, we'll complete in a second. It's only 13 minutes, but... Um, we're back. That UK voters would decide to Brexit. The news that the United Kingdom voted to leave the European Union shocked the world. The NHS was a big part of the Brexit media discourse, with the Leave campaign famously claiming that the UK would take back £350 million a week that could then be funneled into the NHS. The UK Statistics Authority has since said that the claim is a, quote, clear... See how political this got all of a sudden? Let's My name take is Holly Jarman. I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Health Management. Let's leave the, the, uh, the European Union and whatever savings we get goes into the national health care system. It now becomes 
National health care becomes a political pawn whoever wants to achieve a political end. That should never be the issue. If we're all privately insured, our decisions are between us and the policies we choose to sign up on. So I was looking in the Australian... It's called freedom. So I was looking in the Australian model in particular, um, and it seems that um, individuals are encouraged through tax surges to purchase health insurance offered in the private sector to fund public health care. You know what that does to research and development? It gobbles up that money. Because these insurance companies that are national health care companies, the person just said it, didn't pay attention to his name, but he said that the private sector was stealing the talent and because they were going to make more money doing cataract surgery through a, par- a private health care. The politics got, got so gross. Of course, decades have to go by. So thank God Republicans... Put up a decent fight in the Senate, because I believe it wasn't in the House. I believe it was in the Senate, because they, 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 uh, during Obama, um, you had the 60 senators to pass it, but you didn't have the votes to get everything Obama wanted in the Obamacare, which, by the way, mimicked the Hillary care, and, and like you said, it mimicked Romney, Romney care. care. And they were all failures, because it gobbles up too much of money that normally would go to research and development, normally would go to paying exorbitant fees to really, you know, kick-ass doctors and surgeons and staff in general. But when you nationalize something, it dumbs down the whole process and your services start lagging and the wait times become gross, especially with cancer. If I feel bad, a friend of mine felt bad in the throat. He immediately went to get to he felt it, and he immediately went, and they caught it early, the cancer, esophageal cancer. But imagine if he had to depend on uh, national health care, and he didn't even get the appointment for months, couldn't see the doctor right away, couldn't do anything. That cancer guy knows where it would have gone. It could have ended up in his head. It could have uh, choked him out. It could have ended up in his lung. And today he's in remission. He's still not clear, but he removed the cancer within a month of feeling that pain. And, of course... The difference in the time was the chemo. They wanted to shrink the tumors before they removed it. Under national health care, that becomes very, that's a, becomes a very su- suspect decision. Can I share a personal antidote? Go. I was in Los Pueblos of the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. and I had become sick with something that I had no idea what it was. I had spots on my tongue. Ooh, you were drinking the water there. Probably. Um, you always absorb it through some way. And yeah. I was rushed to a local doctor. Can't drink water? And remember, you can't have the ice in your soda either. I was rushed to a doctor. This wasn't in Santo Domingo. This was in Los Pueblos. Okay. And I was rushed to a local doctor. And without any co- without any payment on behalf of my money or anything, they knew what I had and they assigned me some medicine. I was better in two days. Okay. So it's... I feel like it's telling when, you know, there, as I said, there are always going to be hiccups to this. And well, many- I had a friend of mine who got, uh, he, he was traveling in the UK, broke his arm, and he got a cast within seconds of entering the national health care. Uh, he got his cast. He was given a, 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 a wonderful card. Thank you. And he went back to the United States. He never but paid a dime. I was also looking through even the Australian model. There always seems to be a measure of mixed markets when it comes to how these things work, because there needs to be a way to fund it 
and then there also needs to be a way to get around it. You mean to leave it? Yeah, because it's a, it's sa- ha- it's ha- a safety net. So it- it's a safety net that's required, but the private sector will always find a way to sustain what is not coverable by the government. I, and to me, like this isn't yeah, this fi- isn't a flaw find, of the system. But you this find you find comfort in that scenario. I find complete disdain for that scenario. Why? I want government out of everything I do, including including driving. You know, uh, what is you know? Have you been in a car crash? I've been in a car crash, and I had private insurance. Did you have no? Did you have seatbelts on? I was in a pickup truck. I got thrown from it. No seatbelt. The government regulations for car safety was essential. As we discussed Ralph Nader yesterday, that might have killed you. The private sector. And the private sector was seeing the writing on the wall in the private sector lawsuits against companies that didn't have seatbelts. And I don't think it's correct that you say that what was it again? The FDA, right? Uh, FDA is for food. Okay, who who uh, the uh, who imposed the traffic administration? Who who imposed the seatbelts on the car manufacturers? Let's see. Um, let me. Double you check. told me there was an agency. Ra- um, Ralph Nader. Okay. R- Ralph Nader was <laughs> yeah, the person the who, federal got, government. who got that movement started. Okay, but the, but the, but the government were was gross. People were getting sued up the gazoo because the cars knew that there were seatbelts invented and they weren't putting them standard in cars. And when people were propelled out of cars during collisions, they were getting their butts sued. That's always going to be the answer about everything that has to do with the private sector so long as the government is not in the way. When on a military... So you can't have out, a hyper-privatized country Let me finish the and point. then complain about being Let a slip and fall nation. Let me finish the point. When a defense soldier who's really sick because God knows what happened to him on the battlefield, they will always say, we don't cover that. And he has no recourse. The military guy is given a Band-Aid and on your way, especially the psychological stuff that Veterans Administration don't cover. Another success of Donald J. Trump's administration was those situations were immediately given the right to go to private health care and the government would fund it. Now, if you can tell me that can be done for all citizens and not cost us 65% taxes, I would be supportive of that. In other words, have your national health care. There is nothing more privatized a- than the military is what I would argue. Nah, that's a false Absolutely. Nah, you just made that thing up. All right, here we go. Back to the video. We're down to uh, about four minutes. End of 2020, while the UK government negotiates international trade deals. The concerns about private American corporations engaging more with the NHS came up during the discussion of the post Brexit trade talks with the United States. When you're dealing in trade, everything's on the table. So NHS or anything else, or a lot, a lot more than that. Backlash to President Trump's comments on the NHS led to many British politicians assuring their constituents that the NHS was not going to be a part of the trade talks. The NHS is in no way. You see the how they treat the, the NHS like if it was Social Security here? Don't touch it. NHS as part of the trade That's the problem. That's gross leverage. Are actually quite secretive by nature. People like that. The they don't want it don't gone. Really want of course, because does it mean that means these things are doing part of their job? The fact that people that don't want really their social security cut, but that people in don't the process, want to lose their NHS, is proof that there's value 
to these things. No, yes. There, there's commodity to these things because it's bankrupting both governments. The United States is bankrupted right now as we speak on Social Security alone. It's half of government expenditures. No, that's military. A, no, it isn't. I'll look at the government. Okay, I'm going to Half of the government expenditures is Social Security payments, Medicare payments, and Medicare payments. I don't know what ratio that is, but Social Security's got to be the lion's share of it because everybody gets it. Counted for in that deal, that the UK government's preferences have been shown to be largely economic um, and not so much on the focusing on the health of people in Britain. The problem is that the NHS is is already on the table. It has been for a while. The politicians who who are now going to be negotiating the trade deals, you know, it's going to be across many fronts. Campaigners were saying, okay, put your money where your mouth is. If if you're saying the NHS won't be in a trade deal, then let's see legislation that sets that out so it's cast in uh, in stone. And uh, uh, they haven't rushed to do that. Trade negotiations cover everything at once, and it's difficult to tell um, how they are going to be pushing for the liberalisation of drug regulations and to what extent the Johnson cabinet would actually agree with any changes that would be proposed to the way the UK regulates pharmaceuticals. It's really a central government-led process that's not that democratic and does represent big business. And I think that's why a lot of people get very concerned and anxious around trade agreements. There are some who say the NHS won't be harmed by Brexit, even in the event a trade deal with the EU isn't reached by the end of the year. I don't expect that we're going to see uh, huge changes, actually, in the Brexit era with regard to the uh, to the National Health Service. And so I think with, with regard to the NHS, uh, we're not likely to see a significant impact as a result of, of Brexit. I think the, uh, the, the free trade deal will be largely focused upon uh, the service industry, which of course is now the largest part of both of the U.S. and British economies. Whatever effect the trade deals end up having on the U.K., reforming the NHS will continue to be a big part of the country's political... Reform? Oh, it has People to be fixed. How NHS about that? ...in the U.K. is very strong. There's no other country that, when we hosted the Olympics in London, we had nurses jumping on beds, and the NHS was actually a part of that ceremony and a part of that national celebration. The U.K.'s NHS is very important in British politics. It's... Um, an important symbol of um, Britishness in that context. See what? How, see how sad that is. I find that to be an abandonzo, and you probably on the left feel it's some kind of form of national pride, the national healthcare service. It becomes the bandoozle that Social Security is today. At one time, Social Security paid for, you know electricity and housing today doesn't even pay for the cable tv okay so it bankrupted the united states and we're just lucky that the the world currency is still the dollar so we can just print it to the point where everything costs more because there's so many dollars out there this recession is going to show that it's not a curable recession because there's so much money printed money out there through the covid and the stimulus and the fraud and, and the scams that, I don't know, uh, maybe what happens is that the left ultimately wins, nobody works, the jobs will never come back, the government will keep on funding to oblivion until China's so big 
and the communist countries are so big and, and they strangle us that guess what? We no longer become the reserve currency of the world. And we're, the humanity is forced to go back to the dollar gold standard. And guess what happens when that happens? We'll find out that the Russian and Chinese, I don't want to say Russia, but I have to, and the, Ira- and the Iranians and the Saudis have all the gold. I suppose that India's in there somewhere. But I know the United States doesn't have the gold because they sold it all because to pay for their debts. In other words, to get people to buy government bonds, you have to pay them so eventually. So here, I was wrong about one thing, but allow me to correct the record. The military is, we are the highest spending military in the world. Yeah, the police of the sta- uh, police of the nation. Um, however, 10% of our national budget is spent on military. And going here, I had it open. And Social Security is how much? Social Security... is 50%. It's pretty up there. Um, I'll hand you that. Um... So, oh, um, he's going to hand me that. He gave me a blue ribbon. Uh, no, you, you, this you is your country, right my friend. You're, you I'm right 58. You're, you're 32. If you don't snap but out of it, security, you're going to be in the food line. Social Security I'll be dead. is 1 trillion. Is 1 trillion 126. Look at that. That's disgusting. But military spending is 164 trillion. It's slightly more. It's only but, slightly more. But for a reason. And I want to ask the people at home who are probably on the older side, what are you seeing more benefits from? Are you seeing more benefits in your day-to-day life from Social Security? Or are you seeing more benefits? Don't ask her if you're from D.C. Or Ukraine. Don't answer if you work or in D.C. Or the Ukraine. Um, for military. Yeah, that that is part of the military spending. Sure. You're right. I'm saying if you're going to be, if you're going to, Paint the picture that way. You ask an old person, hey, what benefits you more? The Social Security check that you paid into? This is the Ponzi scheme because you're paying into something A you A Ponzi want. scheme is something you don't get back from. No, you do until it blows up. That's the point. Ponzi schemes, you get back, you get back, you get back until it goes pop. Like we just saw with FTX, uh, the crypto. It it's, also, it's quite a Ponzi scheme that hasn't popped for 60 years. It, it has popped. We're broke. We're a really broke country. I think our debt I think is. We're, I think we're still think standing. Debt, we're still standing. We have we have we have a huge amount of debt. You are right, but no one's going to try to cash that from us. Like that's the uh, thing. Given our position China, as the United States, China stops buying our debt because they no longer have use for the dollar because they got more gold than we have dollars. They're going to stop investing here because, guess what? It's a futile reality. You can see, I'm not saying it's happening now because this takes a while, a long while. As you can see, they're moving in on all our allies and they're outbidding all of us in Spain, in the UK, all over Latin America, obviously in Russia, the Baltic states, Denmark, everywhere. They're buying in on the business that we gave them. Guess what? Eventually, when they got us completely encircled, you fit the famous uh, Silk and Road Initiative, I'm dying to go where I want to go, but I want you to read it in my book first, Canton, Cuba. When they finish the Silken Road and they can drive a freight train from China all the way through Europe, moving goods to all those ports of call. The only thing that stops that is an America full of Americans. No, who believe in the American project. Because right now, I actually read this, the Pentagon has fully conceded 
that they have lost public support. They have fully conceded that um, they've actually prepared for a rebellion of the Zoomer generation. And John Kerry himself said we cannot continue to – John Kerry, a Democrat, you know, said we can no longer continue to hold out in these countries because young people do not want to go to them or fight these wars anymore. So this is something Guess that what? I will actually... Congratulations. Somewhat- what I and many people like me warned about is coming true. Socialism sucks for that reason This alone. isn't socialism. It is no, no, socialism. No, 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 no. What this is, is an America that has not made its promise to Americans anymore. Is an America that has gone crazy on get-which-quick schemes, to be fair, which have come from Democrats as well as Republicans, ah. which no longer really embody anything there's no longer a real heart or soul like um why don't we concentrate on the deplorable situation of the veterans administration you come back from war and they leave you i, act- I actually looked up how much they suck I, I, no i looked up how much military spending was for veteran housing i let me pull this I'm, up again because it's actually the minimal thing so it's actually it is. yes so that's something i would agree with you when i called the military budget wasteful it's actually not even Giving people a reason to be a part of this thing. The only ill effect of a of an, an enormous military is that it makes our allies really lazy because they don't. We're going to protect them; so, they don't have to protect themselves. That's the point I'm getting at. If you think I, I, for I a moment, the here, if you think for a moment the United States can be feeble minded in terms of the world out there, you see you're seeing it right now with this existing president. You thought they were laughing at Trump, which wasn't true. They're laughing at Joe Biden, and they're crawling up our sleeves through the border and upheavals worldwide. Ask Indians, ask the people in Madagascar, ask uh, the European farmers up in the in the lower lands in Mar- uh, I believe it's Denmark, it's Germany, uh, not Germany, well Germany too. Most of uh, France, gr- China, the gained, China gained most of its ground. During the Trump administration. Okay, explain. Sure, gladly. Um, while Trump was calling certain countries assholes, um, China was already rebuilding a sort of anti-colonial attitude among African nations in reinvesting in them, building no, no, its silk road. I must thing. say, I will credit you with that, a very fine fact. The highest reproduction and growth rate in the world is in Africa. Um, what and, else? They, and believe me. Do you know what the number one export of China is? Let me ask you I this way. I it's for, labor. Okay. Do you, you are 100% right. The one number one export of China is Chinese people. And the number one export of the United States is? Go on. The U.S. dollar. Big difference. Big freaking difference. That spells defeat. Now you add Trump wanting to pick a fight by raising tariffs that were actually spent... I, 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 as a retailer, me personally, uh, had to spend more money to buy goods from China because the tariffs were hurting me, hurting the American farmer, and people believed that the fight had to be picked, the fight with China. Guess what? It got hit at the knees because the tariffs are still in place under the Biden administration, and China's now, I believe, me personally only on WSQF, Blank Radio, I believe, personally, that the lab leak in Wuhan was not a mistake. China is the only one to benefit from world uh, pandemic that crushed all of Western economies, and it got and it got rid of Trump. 
Because under that kind of pandemonium, during a pandemic, all the levers, all that magic of Alfred Smith that you spoke about, rightly so. Adam Smith. What did I just say? Alfred. And Alfred Smith is? Not a person that we're talking about involving capitalism. I understand, but why Why would that be in my head? I Very don't know. <laughs> Dementia's coming. This is going to be uh, one day uh, a sad reality for me. Okay, Adam Smith. That magic, that magic, it's a, like a magic uh, wand that somehow gets goods to to market is now we're seeing for the first time the stuff that Cubans have been seeing for 60 years. No feeling is is positive when you go down to Winn-Dixie Isle and see the products missing on the shelf. We used to take that stuff for granted. And it's very, very, very sad when communists slowly but surely win the day. So here, here's what I want to talk about. And this is how we're going to beat China, right? Because the big problem with the United States is that we've lived off of pull yourself up by the bootstraps since, I want to say, the 19th, like probably a little bit around the 1950s, has been the mainstream attitude about our relationship with our state. However, when I look at what made Americans emboldened to continue supporting the project against, you know, Germany, against Russia, against, you know, foreign competitors in who is going to you know, give us... You know, the- you got to elaborate your project a little bit more. Yeah. The audience is wondering how... Well, take for example, you know, you know why American citizens helped out uh, was the Homestead Act, which was the people could apply for government land or public domain if with the here. Let me just read straight and from the year. Like, the year, say that. Give it in, give it context. Yeah, um, right after the Civil War around 1880, um, between 19 between 1862 and 1934, the federal government granted. 6.1 million homestead and distributed over 2,700 million acres of federal land for private ownership. Man, did I, man, was, my parents could have gotten to business earlier. Yeah. So, like, what we see is. I was born what, in the wrong made, century, man. What made America so powerful is that we have a vision to share with other people, is that we have a way. In some sense, to share prosperity. I heard Joe Biden say that during a debate, and now we got 4.4 million people crossing our border because we're sharing our lands. And so that's what. But here's the thing: they're going to Im- start immigrants, getting, they're getting immigrants stuff as commit we speak. less crime, cross race. Immigrants are more likely to open up businesses. So, I agree. I'm a Hispanic. I'm son of an immigrant. We definitely so, uh, oddly, produce more jobs than we we suck from. Oddly we're, enough, the way that we're going to survive or probably stand a chance, is if we become more of a country of immigrants. Okay, and I'm going to just tear that all up. Go ahead. In my book, I talk about politically bipolar politics. Politically bipolar politics, I call, in the Urban Dictionary, you can see it for yourself, is the progressive virus. I believe it's uh, a, a scratched psychological hard drive among liberals and progressives who, when they get what they wanted, and they have, and they've gotten every single thing they've proposed since 1913, all the social programs that talk about sharing... And I'm sure that has nothing to do with America's rise to being a geopolitical world leader. Go on. It drove down birth rates. And when you drive down birth rates, the way that 
American liberals have done, you now can make that statement. We need immigrants to survive. As Schumer, Senator Schumer just agreed to say in public in front of the Capitol, we need the immigrants because we're not reproducing. Guess what? You made my point. And I submitted this in 2017, but I wrote it in 2014 in the book. Who's going to pay for Social Security tomorrow? There aren't any people. And you are how old? 32? Yep. And you haven't even thought about getting married and, and having children. I don't really want any. See? Bingo. My daughter said the same. She's 23 years old. And you don't want to fight for this country either. I'm doing that right now. And I don't either. I'm doing that right now. Huh? I'm fighting for this country. Yeah, on the right Blink now. Radio. <laughs> yes, in I, a way, in I, I'm a way, fighting for this country right now. In a way, I, it's an honest expression of that desire because that motivated me to build this radio station to not only restore my freedom of speech that I lost for one mile and expanded it to ten miles, which I repeat all the time, and take that to the bank. But I, I'm serious. We but defeat China. Allowing you to speak and me to speak. <laughs> that was probably my free exchange out of my pocket. In the private sector, without government subsidy, other than the actual license that I was awarded, because that is, in a way, some kind of bizarre government subsidy, because they gave me the right to use these airwaves, and they can take them away. They can take these rights away whenever they want. But I feel after we the talk, politically but- bipolar disorder is serious. It drives down birth rates, and guess what? Ask Japan when you don't reproduce. You have serious consequences. Japan is one of the country that takes in the least amount of immigrants. Zero. Zero. You can't get a Japanese citizenship for nothing. You have to be Japanese. But that's why their birth rates are so low. No, they don't reproduce because their life of their standard of living is so high. That's my point. You drive government to a place where it cannot sustain itself. It goes bankrupt. The taxes are so damn high. You and I don't want to have children. Japan has been downwardly mobile for a while. Right now, they just kicked uh, the dollar's butt today in terms of strength on dollar currency. But they have very low birth rates in Japan, and it's costing the demise of the Japanese culture. Guess what? They're still there, like you say. America's still here. But we don't have anybody to farm our lands. We don't want to farm ourselves. We do. We don't. Americans we do. do not want to farm. That's why we're bringing in illegal immigration to farm they, so that, we can that, eat. That, that's, those are the people who want to do that work. Not want. They have no choice. Yeah. And we well, don't, the, we well, don't like, Amer- want. Americans don't want to do don't the work. Want. Those are the ones who that are willing slash want to do that work. You're, okay. Perhaps you're right. I'll, I'll grant you willing to yes. do that work. because It's that called work, the progressive virus. It get, it, that's not... I, see, I wouldn't even blame that on the Republicans because I think... I'm blaming it on your parents. No, I'm blaming that... That liberalism goes through the psychological hard drive from one generation to the next. You know how many Democrats tell me that no matter what, they're voting, they're registering Republican just to vote for the numbskull in the primary so that the Democrat can win in the general. They actually say that. And you guys are motivated. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I want to talk. And you're driving money. I'm not interested in this they're, antidote. I'm interested in talking about what is fueling... You know, high standard of living because of a diluted value of the U.S. currency because we're printing it and giving it away in all myriad forms from COVID to welfare to Medicare. And now you want national health care. And then uh, uh, meanwhile, our soldiers are are fighting in this country for minimum wage, no health care when they come home to the point where the private sector, as you see, is tunneled to towers. Uh. And other organizations funding 
their care because the United States government has failed them. Shouldn't the Social Security checks go to them, the veterans, instead of us? Why not both? Well, Why does because one per- I, I think- it bankrupts the country. Hello, you're not listening to me or what? No, because I don't think that bankrupts the country. I think it's, We're bankrupt! 167% debt over GDP. Listen, the doomsday slayers have been wrong. No. Those on the left and those on the right, the no. doomsday slayers about the United States, I, have been proven wrong. No, that's they, not true. I I'm was, paying five bucks for a, bu- for a box of bubble gum and cough drops. Used to cough yes, that's you, inflation happened after COVID. No. You were just talking about this I, moments I've ago. Paying, you uh, just said that, like, because of the COVID the checks, this was going to happen. Well, that, that yes. accelerated it. Yes. So this is just something that was going to happen. COVID now, accelerated it. Yeah. And Guess now, what? And now we have to our raise bridges wages. are shot. Our ports are shot. Uh, the, the U.S. military has to protect the world's shipping lanes. If we don't keep on funding that, goods won't come to market because they'll be intercepted by enemies far and wide. And that's we not going that, to happen until we saw there's a that better as, deal in being. We put- saw that in Somalia, the only place the Americans weren't patrolling. We left it to the British. And they were sleeping at the wheel, and we saw the Somali pirates uh, boarding ships everywhere. The British everywhere. needed to go to war with Argentina to feel <laughs> relevant <laughs> again. Subject. <laughs> All right, so we still got... But wait, I, I want to talk about this because it's, Yes, you do. Go ahead. I feel like there's a certain point that we need a revigoration of the American project. Because right now, you know, beforehand we had the In great... my book, I call that the reinvention of the American project. Reinvent the United States by affect, not effect, thefiscals.com. But more or less, I want to see, because I think the left has an answer to how we reinvigorize the United States. Is the that left we- cannot govern. They've proven so. They've had 11 filibuster-proof Senate since 1911, and look what we got. We're broke. Liberals made us a world power. Um, liberals properly, um, for better or for worse took over the whole of the continent. Liberals got civil rights for everyone of every race, which is quite an accomplishment. Historic- Sorry, Republicans got us civil rights. You guys just voted for a bad law. Republican? Reagan? Okay, here's the thing. Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln would not be acknowledged Lincoln by... Lincoln Eisenhower. Lincoln fought for big government. Lincoln, Lincoln fought, fought for, for a big federal slaves. government to get rid of this, the Martin Luther King of- died a Republican. Martin Luther King was a Democratic Socialist. He died a Republican. He was a Democratic Socialist. I'm the first to accuse him of being a Democratic Socialist, but he died as a Republican. But that's the thing, is that what we're proposing Remember is Remember Malcolm X, what he had to say about liberals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm on board. But the, <laughs> I'm on board. That's a but good the, answer. But the liberals have had successes, is what? the thing. What success? I was Pre- telling you, civil rights. Uh, it wasn't civil rights. We voted for the Civil Rights Act. You guys did not. LBJ signed that. Yes, he did. It was a, a, a diluted, are you diminished going to, version. Wait, do you deny? Are you those one of those guys who tells who's going to say that like the Southern strategy is not a factor in what made the Republican Party what it is you today? Know, we can have a great you were talking about you were talking about the nuts earlier that you guys have had in your party. That happened because of the Civil Rights Bill. Those people were bitter about that being passed, and then the Republicans. Had Have you that, seen the tally of who voted for the Civil Rights Act? It cost us the election of um, who lost to LBJ by 6 million votes. Um, 
What was our guy? The guy, the senator from Arizona. Um, Goldwater. Goldwater got smashed because he was against the Civil Rights Act. Yeah. Like, bad. He knew it was going to create a welfare state, and it did. The vast majority of Americans are getting some kind of government subsistence, and that includes Social Security. So that's my point. We're broke, folks. But that's what gets people that's on board. That's what liberalism board. got us. That's what gets people on board for a project. Okay, now, As I was talking about the Homestead now Act, let your the, generation G- the Homestead Act, the GI Bill, these are things that convince generations of Americans that the Constitution or the American project was something worth upkeeping. What I happened? think the GI Bill was brilliant. Yeah. Why? Because I will exchange an edu- free education for blood any day. Well, not something here, but um, you'll be surprised to know that even Bernie was talking about how People should be considering or focusing more on trade schools than universities in particular. Yeah, whatever happened to, to shop in public schools? That was a liberal freakazoid idea. That was great. Wait. Money! They ran out of money, so they closed the shops. That's my point. My friends used to take shop. You don't take shop in public school. It's gone because you couldn't afford the machines anymore because you gave it all away. You gave it all away to the bureaucrats in the public school system, not even to the teachers because they got minimal raises. Look at this, uh, uh, the graph of the size of the bum, central bum, government bum, of public bum, school. Bum, 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 bum. I'm agreeing with you. That's why I'm singing the song. Where did the chop go? <laughs> but, but very much like, yeah, I, I think what's happened is that a lot of people nowadays do not feel like they're on board with the American project. You have to remember the very cynicism that we see today was from two back-to-back shocks. Uh, there are no weapons in, of mass destruction in Iraq. And then suddenly, um, the financial bailout. Like, the sentiment that I am saying, which is funny because people on the populist right might air a certain amount of these grievances as well, is that what we saw after going through a war that felt, like, purposeless is, w- like, we went down and we saw a disaster. We saw a war that didn't really have a point. Where we were just kind of like Vietnam, showing acts of brutality that happen with any war, and all wars, because that's no, what wars. Uh, there, there's been a, a million Iraqis killed. Um, I think America's got to face up to the fact th- that we bombed the hell out of everybody. It's actually the number. We killed of a lot of people. Iraq, Iraqi civilians killed were um, two hundred fifty thousand. No, nah, it's much more than that. Someone's not counting correctly. We kill a lot more people than that. Well, then I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was about to say, sure, I'll take that. Uh, okay. But, like, hey, you uh, might. I, I doubt. I, there's but, no but, way. What, what you have to keep in mind is that so back to back things that see, see. seeing the rich bailed out and then simultaneously seeing a war that kind of felt like almost an aimless bloodshed, more or less. Like you know, where I'm not going to defend Saddam. I'm not going to say anything good about him. But it's like we went over there, kind of mad. And then we kind of just... A lot we were of, mad. We were mad. We were mad. That. And then it's like we come back home, and then Barack Obama says this is time for hope and change, which, frankly, was... What a scam. ...was something that a lot of people wanted to hear. They wanted to see a United States that reflected, you know? People like Barack Obama because, you know, he's a biracial, smart Harvard guy, and that's how they wanted to see themselves. But what we needed to see was a real leadership vision, was a real way forward. And... People want to be part of a United States that feels like they're going to be building something in it. Like, I've been hanging out even with my right-leaning friends, and I've, they, they completely agreed with me. Is that the big problem is that our generation faces is that we're told, you know, 
what someone said it best was the biggest mistake Obama ever did to his constituents was go home, I got this. Like, people want to spend part in time building their country. And if it's not building more public services, then what is it? Because that's the question. Because if it's the big idea of small government, small government, small government, where does that put our energy? We're going to get increasingly alienated from a United States that tells us to go home. You know, that's just going to be, you know, opening the door for just slight, tiny, little counterculture attitudes of belligerence or... All right, I found the total. Belligerence. You want to hear belligerence? One minute, 19 seconds from the BBC since we went to UK for the previous one. Here we go. What is this for? Is this for the death toll in Iraq? Yeah. Let's be honest. (laughs) Let's keep on talking because I have to deal with the ad. So I would have to say, like, you know... What I'm trying to propose I'm here... in no doubt at all about your responsibility in this. And two million of us on the streets of London told you so at the time. And for you now to try and wash your hands of your share of the responsibility, no, I'm, I'm afraid that's a spot that not will not out. All two, the perfumes of Arabia will not expunge that I, spot. And all of your poetry, George doesn't prevent people from being murdered and massacred in Iraq and Syria at the moment. I'm not washing my hands of what happened in the you past. You killed a that million separate, people in Iraq. That is a separate... You killed Ugh. a million people in Iraq. It's incredible that you have the brass neck to be sitting here now urging another Iraq war George, after what you've already George, if I was still in done. Parliament, I... Okay. Who is that? This person's name is George Galloway. He accuses Jackie Smith, which I imagine is some politician who supported the, the war in Iraq in England because of the accidents. It's not an American he's, he's pointing to. And he says, you're responsible for a million in Iraq. And I agree. That's where I got that number from. Okay, because um, here, I'm, I'm seeing the various numbers that came up here. Um, as an indirect or direct result of the death of the war, um, it's 4,600,000. Um, Associated oh. Press, that that was a POLS magazine. Um, the projected body count um, in the classified... By the way, George, this George Galloway guy, gave full uh, Senate testimony, which we cannot listen to because it's 50 minutes. But this man, uh, you know, he's got certain gravitas. He, he's got 235,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel. And he was invited by the Senate to talk. That's the beauty of our democracy. Knowing that this guy has these opinions about us, we let him speak to the Senate. Now, I just saw another video. I don't know where it went. And uh, I wanted to find it about... The, the highest thing I find here is 600,000 and... 106,1,000. So it's hard to read large numbers because you have to, like... Strip every part. 161,000 violent deaths. Um, That's 160 million, you're saying? No. It, it's, it's, 1,600,000. No, 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 that's half. Um, 600,000 violent deaths. Um, oh, so, in other words, war battle, actual yeah, war yeah, battle. Well, the, the rest the, is the, just innocent people getting smothered and bombed. Yeah, because, um, yeah, and um, I imagine indirect causes is okay, here's a infrastructure. Leaked. Here's one for four minutes and 12 seconds. Leaked Pentagon files reveal true scale of casualties in Iraq. 
12 years ago it was posted. It's got 29,000 views. Here we go. Uh, actually, let's turn it on and see if I get the ads first. Sure enough, I got an ad. Give me a moment here. It's, it's by the UK. Here we go. Yeah, the Guardian is a British newspaper. It makes this war the most documented war in history. You know, puts everything we know about Vietnam into the shade because you've got every single incident the military were involved in, every call out they took, um, recorded in incredible detail. There's a big disconnect between the way that British and American people get to hear about the death of their own loved ones in this conflict. John Sloboda is talking. Not getting that honoring. I don't know who he is. Pentagon files obtained by The Guardian contain details for the first time of more than 100,000 people killed in Iraq following the U.S.-led invasion. These reports prove that the U.S. authorities were recording official statistics of Iraqi deaths, something which they have always denied. The filed reports identify all civilian and insurgent casualties, as well as coalition forces wounded and killed in action. The UK-based organisation Iraq Body Count, which records civilian casualties from the war in Iraq, says that it has added 15,000 previously unrecorded deaths to the current Iraq body count total. The logs record a total of 109,032 violent deaths between 2004 and 2009. The logs state that 66,081 of those deaths were civilians. In terms of numbers of deaths, it's incredibly detailed. There are 52,000 incidents in which at least one person dies, which are recorded on this database. We went through that, and pretty simple analysis shows us that 66,000 civilian deaths are recorded on here, which is the massive total compared to uh, 15,000 Iraqi security forces and 23,000 insurgent deaths. And it even tells us how people die, so we can tell you that of all those deaths, the majority... A lot of children on this video. ...murdered. So we, we have under a million. Well, so far you you seem to be more accurate. Logs yeah, because incident by incident. Even though this is quite old, we were able to match them one by one with the incident by incident detail records we already have in our database. And by very careful sampling, we have been able to estimate that these logs will add fifteen thousand deaths previously unknown to the Iraq death count. U.S. officials have consistently downplayed... 176,000 is what the actual ex, uh, Excel spreadsheet shows. So the number keeps on going up. This is all, all the way to 2009, so you can imagine how many more deaths. The relatives, the public... It's really incredible that... ...need to know this information. because It's really incredible that Bush has gotten away with this much. Uh, Commander-in-Chiefs are never going to be uh, uh, accused of the amount of deaths during wars that they call for. Unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, you can't do it. I mean, you can't you can't go after a Commander-in-Chief unless he commits a treasonous act, as if uh, Biden's uh, negligence in Afghanistan isn't completely treasonous. Uh, there was Court martialed, actually. There was nothing you could have done there. I think the same thing would have happened with Trump, and I would have defended Trump. I, I, wanted, I wanted a withdrawal from Afghanistan so badly, I would have taken anything. I think uh, most people realize that's why he did it so early in his presidency, so it would be forgotten. I'm willing to give Biden, um, Trump credit for sitting down with the Taliban and making that deal that Biden saw through. Yeah. 
That's the truth. Well, I would give Biden and Trump credit for getting us out of Afghanistan. It is, it is, I'm going to give uh, them both credit. I just don't like how he did it. Uh, we didn't have to leave so much weaponry behind. Dude, that's outdated weaponry at this point. Yeah, of course. You guys say dilute, denigrate, and disparage, and then deny. So anyway, that but more or less that seems to be consistent with what you're saying. But the British guy saying a million a million people in Iraq means that they, there's some funny numbers going on. Well, there. the British like to think of themselves. Well, remember as like, they kill people too. They might. Oh have, no, yeah. You know, they kill people too. Therefore, does their count double that count? Or? People forget that um, Gandhi's big claim to fame was standing up to the British Empire. Okay, and what's the problem with that? Oh no. Um, is that people don't realize that England was committing atrocities in India with its occupation. Um, India had received the blunt of carrying its weight during the world, during, in World War II with Japan. That was something that primarily had fallen upon the Indians. They were promised, I believe they were promised citizenship by England and never given it. That's a very cool, that's a very cool, uh, uh, trivia fact. Yeah, so um, for me, when I see these things back to back, it really felt like, well, this is an America that says, screw you if you're not in the upper echelons of society. If, like, you know, I guess the Republican idea is like, I'm the super great business owner. Or if you're like the Democrat. Would you Democrat- stop associating the Republicans with the business owner? Because the Republicans, by and large, are small party in comparison to Democratic Party, almost three to one. Therefore, as much as I want to say so, the truth is the vast majority of successful business owners are liberal. Yeah, but people... The only one who protects... The wealthy tend to donate to both classes. Like Amazon... That is not true. The vast majority uh, of corporate donorships go to the Democratic Party. We found multiple... There are evidence that there have been multiple QAnon candidates who have been backed by Amazon and Walmart. Well, you just legitimized out of fodder, out of pure fodder with no legitimacy, QAnon back candidates. That's like, you know, there's no, organiz- there's no organized QAnon. It doesn't exist. They don't raise money. They don't have any political pool whatsoever. And no, you just I, name I, them as if they're legitimate. No, what I'm saying is that Big business does not care who it backs. It's, it does care. That's no, who, it doesn't. It does. It cares only to back Democrats. You can see it in... in Do just, I have to pull up the article yeah. that I have saved here? Okay, Go gladly, ahead. Pull gladly, it up. Gladly. If you've got it saved, pull it up. So Now, I must say that if corporate, if the corporate class sees that a president's coming to uh, who campaigns on tax reduction, they're going to get money all of a sudden. But for the most part, liberals who control the propaganda machine in Wall Street, it's not a conspiracy. It's just what it is. The owners and the benefactors of television, radio, advertising are always been controlled by the Democratic Party in one asset or another. Give you an example of a regular newspaper of any major town. I won't speak for the the minor towns, but I will speak for the major cities. Who's the number one advertiser of a major of a major newspaper in a major city? Los Angeles, Miami, Chicago, New York. The public school system. They're always taking out ads. Little classified ads. Guess what? The majority of uh 
of classified ads goes right into the pocket of the publisher. It doesn't cost much to print those ads. It's practically 100% profitable. And the big ads that you're talking about take up a lot of print media space, which tomorrow will be solely seen online. So the super PACs that were linked to Blue Cross Blue Shield, AT&T, Southwest Aerogines, Jack Daniels, had donated about um, over $4,000 to a QAnon person by, um, it says Representative Lynn. I'm looking to get the name here. But then, why part- why would you uh, why would you call it a QAnon person? Because they because they they've tweet retweeted QAnon stuff on their social media. So feed. what? So it shows that this sort of talk, like companies are funding both sides of the spectrum. No, yes. I, okay, I don't dispute that fact you just said. Th- that's what I've been trying to say. But these companies did not support this candidate because he was a QAnon supporter. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, they support it because at the end of the day, this person will be backing their policies. And that's what's (sighs) more important to them. It has nothing to do with QAnon. No, but I'm saying QAnon's not even a factor that stops them. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't find anything that QAnon says valuable. It isn't. And that's, that's, that's exactly the point. Thank you. But is I don't, I don't have, find it as We a, have a political system that has enabled things from the financial crisis to the repealing of Glass-Steagall to the invasion of Iraq, which, mind you, I'm going to freely you can't say... can't hold the microphone like that. I'm going to freely say the invasion of Iraq was a bipartisan effort. That's true, it was. And so was repealing Glass-Steagall. Like, these are things The only that, person who voted against the invasion of Iraq was Bernie Sanders. Which is why I love him. Uh, <laughs> so... What we see is this: there is a bipartisan attitude that is funded by the same people no. to push the same things. I allowed you to speak. The QAnon, this, 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 you this. believed in what, in oftentimes, and the QAnon links that have been sent to me only merited the, re- the same reply every time. Hey, stop sending me this stuff. Guess what? They would use stuff that was already in the news and twist outcomes. And create yeah. scenarios that may or may not happen. And most of them did not happen, like Trump is still in power kind of stuff. Uh, that by you phrasing it the way you do, you're giving gravitas to a to a, 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 a subversive black black op internet thread uh, community out there that had no political value, and you just gave it you just gave it legitimacy by the way you phrase your question. Unacceptable. No, I'm not no, what, I, you know exactly what I'm saying. No, and I believe I'm not. the audience is I smart do. enough to know what I'm saying. I'm not. Is that big uh, business I is not willing to fund saying. QAnon freaks? That's not true. To get their that's not true. To keep things the why way. Why don't you the, just mention? Ex- why don't you mention um, uh, Marjorie? And, uh, what was her name again? Marjorie Taylor Green. Thank God I didn't do a Fetterman and call her Stoneman Douglas. <laughs> Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. So oh. the, even the big companies, even the ones that people claim are left wing. Like Bezos, because he owns the Washington Post, would you which find has the center. Li- and this is the Associated out? Press I'm reading from. This is a study that shows Don't. for all of Bezos' belly aching from the Washington Post's center left wing stance that they still are willing to fund far right freaks like QAnon. Okay, this is I'm the state tell you. of our material conditions of our politics. This is why not people. Not true. Yes. QAnon has that, not. That value whatsoever. You know, it doesn't, Q- but they don't care. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter the what thing. you're saying because QAnon is more likely to have uh, gone 
to January the 6th and being cited really quickly by January, the that, that probably was the, Q, the QAnon conspiracy people. was probably the biggest factor in getting January 6th to happen. I don't know that's I'm true, not even going to dispute that But I wouldn't be surprised because they, they get egged on fairly. There's a certain contingent in America. Well, there's a lot of good information about that in my personal conspiracy theory. Is that that was an operation by Flynn to get back at Obama for firing him? That's my little conspiracy nah. theory. Is that he went to Jim the, Watkins, who owned I think what's, HN. What's pretty consistent is deep state intelligence services, since as far back as the Patriot Act, who have been tipping the scale of election results since then, since the war on terror, and that. Those people have tremendous motivations to do what they do, and it got to the point where it was trying to, and it succeeded in affecting the national elections and elections of senators, and it's all coming out now. I don't know who's going to jail, but Americans, especially your generation, needs to see people go to jail so that you guys feel better about America. And I feel bad that my generation has done these things to your generation. But going back to uh, Mr. Flynn... Uh, the, not the general Flynn, but the the person who just won this election you mentioned, you just read, his last name was Flynn as well. Or was it no, he no, or no? She? This this was someone who I don't think won. This was Susan Lynn for Tennessee a House Committee. Okay, this person was receiving. She was an incumbent or uh, trying to win. Let's see. Um, it Be- says few are incumbents. Well, let me look up her name so I can and find out if she was uh, an exec or just someone. Why? Because I made the statement about 20 minutes ago that the Democratic Party is known to have supported the weaker candidate in Republican yes. primaries. No, they, and that's probably the case right there. Something that very, and you call the QAnon. Well, some people if Democrats were very, some support people were very, a QAnon employee, uh, employee candidate, then they want the weaker one to win our, our, our primary. That is wrong. That's subversive to democracy. I, I would agree. A lot of people were very upset because if you have signed up for any Democrat newsletter, you would know that they hit you with a tweet asking you for more money about very upsetting thing in the government has just happened. We need you now more than ever. Give us money. Yeah. Is, is some, a lot of the, of the, some of those causes are abortion causes that drive me crazy. Oh, yeah, let's just kill more babies. Why not? You no, know? This person was an incumbent. He was not. This person was. Was an incumbent and yes. was Republican or Democrat? Republican. And... They wanted to defeat him, obviously, because he lost. Uh, she won. She won. She won. She won. And, uh, okay, so another question to ask would be, how much... Oh, wow. It... She, Her Wikipedia page is even more damning. Okay, um, go ahead. Can I say the D word? I don't know what the D word is. Damn? Yeah. You can say damn. Okay. In 2020, she voted against the removal of a bust honoring Ku Klux Klan wi- Grand Wizard Nathan Bedford Forrest from the Tennessee State Capitol building. She uh, she voted against that? She voted against taking that down. Yeah, that was a tough one because that one goes into the subject of very bona fide Confederates who are part of American history. But, but for yeah. just putting that stuff in museums. But the, but KKK, like, but the KKK, man. The problem is that communists wipe away history by taking down statues. That one really bothers me, too, because I really relished on Saddam Hussein's statue coming down. So it's a bizarre feeling that, you know, wiping away history makes it difficult for a parent, you being a parent, 
to educate your child by pointing to a statue that might not be very uh, I'm, I'm beneficial. For, I'm, I'm for putting uh, old regime statues in museums. I think that's th- the correct answer. Because it's history, you know? It's history, but, like, how do I put it? If you have, like... Grand Trader Theodore V of Tallahassee, who was a member of the Imperial Order. You know, if you have a statue of that guy, that's kind of endorsing it. You know, that's kind of what it's a lot. Because here's the thing. A lot of these Confederate monuments were built right after civil rights. So what they stand for is clear. (coughs) They are built there to say, black man, go home. In countries where they, I parts of the that, country but, they could use to say that. But many blacks have said, I, we don't want that to go away. We want to be able to tell ones? our children to say, look, these people uh, were enslaved us. And and it was corrected by a, a, a civil war and appeasement and three amendments to the Constitution to get people equal rights. I mean, that did not go down. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't talk about with the Civil War. But, I mean, black black parents should want those monuments to stay up just to be able to explain it to their children. If you, Would you want a statue of, like, Fidel Castro no, he never, in Little Havana? He never, he never put up a statue in Cuba, ever. Oh, credit to him, then. Yeah, uh, he never. But, but, like, that's he what didn't it's want like. like those coming, are he didn't want who, his statue coming down. Those are people who terrorize those communities. Those are people... Yeah, same, vi- same as uh, same as he, Hitler, Saddam Hussein, and but but very butchers. much so that these are like the what happened after Reconstruction was the failure of the North to restructure the South. The South essentially lost the war and still insisted on Jim Crow, laws. and they won the culture. No, they didn't. They did. The public school did. Literally. No, no, no. No, no. See how you no, take no, no, the bridge. No, no. Where no, America no. started failing was in socialized, how often, how just often, like socialized medicine, how often, socialized schooling. Okay, this it is a com- sucks. This is a completely different subject altogether. No, it isn't because yes, it public is. school determines the culture of the future. Absolutely. No, but this is this is not related to and that. seriously this affects is, this private schooling that. as well. This is the this is a conversation on the the daughters of the Confederacy who managed to implement the lost cause into um, the American tale. Because I think the okay, but I elaborate think the big, uh, lost the big, cause. The lost cause is the idea that the South was merely defending states' rights, which is a very prevalent yeah, idea cool. in our Legitimate. you know in our hemisphere. And states' rights to own who uh, yeah, really. is the proper response. But who really was the biggest bet? The really biggest spreader, which is why I was pushing back against the public school thing, was Hollywood. Hollywood was the biggest uh, romanticizer Absolutely. of the Confederacy. Um, and the big movie that did this, which was uh, Birth of a Nation, hmm. which was a movie kind of about this romantic version of the Klan arising as a necessary force to save the South from... Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, a fan love of that movie. Yes. From the very romantic image of you know the Klan having to rise up to defend the Southern communities from corrupt northerners handing over governments to blacks who merely black Americans who just existed and who, they, they got free stuff who got who got free stuff who wanted to you know terrorize and rape white people basically and that movie managed to spread that sentiment to the rest of maybe the maybe even to to up to the north up to the north and how long do you think that that's 
when did it subside? I think it's only really actually begun to subside. I, believe, I remember growing up in the 90s where, you know, there were movies that were, like, needing to portray this as a nuanced, complicated subject. Um, man, Gods and Generals came out when I was in school. Elaborate on Gods and Gods General. Gods and Generals was a very Confederate apologist movie that, you know... It came it, out in Cinemax, HBO. It came, it came in movie. It came out in movie theaters. And, you know, the depiction of the whole ordeal was, like... Famous actors and everything, or no? Or was that gonna... It was a big movie, but it, it was pretty movie. badly panned. But, like, that was the last big, you know, real piece of Confederate apologism I ever saw for mainstream culture. And now uh, Willis, what's his name? Um, who's the guy who slapped the who slapped the other comedian in the face the other day? <laughs> Chris Rock. Chris Rock got slapped, but who slapped him? Uh, Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith. And I'm saying Willis. Oh, my yeah, God. No. All right, Will Smith is coming out with a movie now. I wonder if that's going to be in, uh, a shot. But, uh, across the bow against the Confederacy. But very much like, you know, there was a culture that in the United States that this was like a complicated issue. That this wasn't like one side of the country that freaked out over an election of a president who was moderate on slavery and started to attack federal armories was like the real cause of the Civil War. And this is stuff that I remember not being taught about in school. They always talked about it like, you know, oh, these were just things that were irreconcilable, and slavery happened to be an issue, but it wasn't the only thing. And if you go back and you well, read, I, I, if you I, read the time out, but you also have to factor in. Now you said that the ulterior motive behind the Civil War. You also have to factor in the incredible amount of taxation that was leaving the United States in terms of production in the South, going straight to Prussia, straight to Europe. Bypassing the North, who was uh, overtaxing raw materials when when they knew that they eventually would sell finished goods back to the South, and that also propelled the Civil War. In other words, taxation. Now, I believe it was after the proclamation uh, by uh, by Lincoln, after suffering a lot of losses that brought uh, General Grant to the forefront of the leadership of the Civil War, I believe it was inspired by freeing the slaves. So you might have some value. This is in their Declaration of Independence. Um, with the subordination and political and social inequality of the African race was purely conceded by all. It, it was plainly apparent that will full... Okay, this is not it, my bad. But they say it just straight up outright. This is because the natural order of things yes. cannot be thrown apart, and the natural order is, is the white, white man. man. Is, yeah. Is so, like, but that also came from Bernard Shaw in Europe. It was very popular. But racism uh, was the flavor of the season, uh, the season in the nineteenth yes. century. That was yes. like the motivating factor. People don't want to realize that the blacks in Africa uh, basically harvested other blacks for slavery and brought them to the coast. People but think then the problem like, with that simplifying mm -hmm. is that that cuts out in the entirety of no, the U.S., uh, the, the European invasion of Africa, and the colonization of Africa happened shortly afterwards. So there was a history of African tribes defeating other African tribes and selling them to white people yeah, and Muslim empires. But then what happened is that the Europeans came in and then dominated their societies just outright. Yeah, absolutely. Colonization is sometimes a natural course of the bigger over the uh, the stronger over the weaker. 
Okay, so uh, your closing statement for the last four minutes of the show. So my last closing statement. Because we've been all over the board. (laughs) Again, we haven't figured out a manner, uh, because we haven't really discussed it, really. We've actually just let it ebb and flow based on our natural tendencies as as people, because quite frankly, we're getting to learn each other. I like and it that you cover, we cover each other's silent moments, which for the audience who can't see, if he's going on a long spiel and I'm going on a long spiel, one of us is usually looking at a computer and trying to like correct, correct each correct other, the other, other one. And like we're getting facts, so I, I think that's kind of functionary. But and for lack of a, uh, an assistant, like a you know studio engineer, it would be nice if I had someone sitting here on the YouTube and. Splicing and dicing and hearing on his headphone what it, we're about to hear live so that I only get good stuff that for you guys to enjoy, to give you like backstories to what we're talking about. But since I'm doing it myself, please excuse me, but I can't have commercials playing on the air here because we are a low power community based radio station where we're not to, we're not to play ads. We can only identify Companies, good companies that want to support the station or something like that, we can talk about them and identify them, but we can't run ads. So I naturally, don't think anyone's going to want to support us. <laughs> between the guy who is, I don't ask. I really don't ask for. <laughs> I I don't really don't ask for donations, and I don't really. Uh, I don't do anything really other than offer people airtime. But I, 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 you can understand why I would cut out an ad from these videos because why air an ad that's not paying me? It's not paying the station, and um, uh, I can't do it anyway. So please understand that that's that's what happens when I want to play YouTube videos because, quite frankly, it's new to me, the ability to play videos. And quite frankly, I think it adds something to the shows because you normally would not hear or see these videos or hear these videos, I should say, uh, otherwise. So uh, we're going to probably... Uh, finish with George Bush in Iraq, and an, an Iraqi war veteran, I think, confronts George Bush, and I think, consider we, we you know, had I think a, I know the guy you're talking about. His uh, girlfriend is actually a journalist for Venezuelan media. Oh, is his name Michael Pristner? I think so, yeah. Hold All right, so uh, let's see here. Um Wait a minute. Let me start this from the beginning because there's no I don't, there's no commercials here. Wait a second. This is pretty cool. Wait a second. Oh, my God. I don't want to lose it. An estimated 276,000 people yep, are estimated to have been killed in Iraqi wars. Yeah, that number immediately goes to 276 in this, in this particular YouTube. That's 100,000 more than what we previously heard. That's why I don't believe any of these numbers. It's in the millions, like uh, the British guy said. Now... Why I can't, how did this thing be forward so quickly? Ah, terrible, 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 Okay, here we go. Mr. Bush, when are you going to apologize for the million Iraqis that are dead because you lied? You lied about weapons of mass destruction. You lied about connections to 9-11. You lied about Iraq being a threat. You sent me to Iraq. You sent me to Iraq. 276,000 people were estimated killed in the Iraqi war. Bush sent troops into Iraq claiming it had weapons of mass destruction. No evidence 
of Iraqis having weapons of mass disruption were found. Joshua Castillo was his name. That's it, folks. That's fodder in the worst way. 702, the end of the young and old show. Stay free, my friends. And the appropriate song would be Fleetwood Mac. Don't stop. Bill Clinton's campaign speech. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQF radio.com and if you like our audio files and our subject matter subscribe to youtube mac on the rock rampage take care and stay free